0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Brooklyn Beat Podcast. As always, it's Justin and Nick. Nick, how are you?
1: What's going on, man?
0: Not much, not much. So, we are going to talk about a couple of things but before we address the
1: big elephant
0: room that Nick wants to talk about. Let's talk about the uh, NCAA Wrestling Championship last night and new friend of the program, Yanni Diakamahalas from Cornell. I know none of you give a fuck, but he just wanted my fancy wrestling league, and that's all I care about now. So, big friend of the program. Get some Arnie on me.
1: <laughs> uh, I, th- he's Greek, so that's all I have to add to that. Uh, tomorrow's Greek Independence Day, so he, he did it for the culture. He did. He really did.
0: And I don't know. I don't, I don't know really, how a lot to say that man. wrestling is Greek.
1: It's true. Uh, we did it the right way, you know, uh, make it covered in oil. Yeah, naturally. Um, naturally, but uh, yeah, shout out to him. Um. Tomorrow's Greek Independence Day, so, you know, like I said before, he did it for the culture. I'm not entirely sure if I'm allowed to say that, but... <laughs> well, uh, you're Greeks. So I think you're allowed to say whatever you want to about the Greeks. Uh, yeah, you would think so. Who knows?
0: I think that's how the rules are today. I'm not, I'm not sure anymore, that. I don't know. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about the NFL. More importantly, the big news today is Patriots tied in and sometimes safety. Rob Gronkowski has called it a career.
1: Sometimes poor safety.
0: So Yeah, sometimes he's a, he was a great tight end. But as good as he was a tight
1: end, as a good safety. as he was a tight end, as, as bad as he was in safety. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, just the only thing I would say about him, <laughs> is, um, you know, his, <clears throat> his career didn't last as long as I'm sure he would like or Patriots fans would like. Uh, but that's the best tight end ever. Uh, you know, people get caught up in uh, statistics. You know, somebody had more catches, more yards. Like somebody, Jason Witten, Jason Witten had. More catches, more yards. Uh, I I assume more touchdowns, probably. Uh, probably, I would hope so. Uh, but you know, the the point isn't necessarily how long somebody played. The point is how good somebody was when they played. And and you know, like I use that. I use that for a lot of arguments. But like, I'm not saying if the guy had one good year and then he retired, he's the best ever. Like Brilliant Edwards had a 15 touchdown season once. It's not like if he retired after that, I would look at him. The thing is that. When Gronk was on the field, even this past year, like, you know, he seemed to mention stuff like that, like, he was still a fantastic blocker, and even, like, the last two games in the playoffs, you saw him, like, he made big catch after big catch, like, he could still play, he's just, his body's starting, you know, kind of break down on him and fail him, and listen, he's had a lot of injuries, and he's a big guy, he's a big target, he's taking a lot of damage, but, you know, and I, you know, I grew up watching, you know, Tony Gonzalez, and Antonio Gates, and you know those guys and those a couple guys before me and stuff like that, but those guys, you know, they just first of all, none of those guys were blockers like Gronk. Gronk was literally a six offensive line, and Gronk, was, I've seen Gronk take on defensive ends by himself and handle them. You know, like those guys weren't doing that. So right off the bat, Gronk made your team better just because he was a much better blocker than the rest of them. Then you factor in the fact that Gronk was basically every bit the receiver he was. Somebody else was arguing before that. uh that Gates is better because he has more yards, and more catches. I'm sitting there thinking like you know, Gates. First of all, Gates has been done for like three years. You can barely move. He's basically just playing. He's playing to get the touchdown record and stuff like that. Which I like Gates. I hate that kind of shit. I do like like Emmitt Smith hung around just to get the record. And it's like you know what? <laughs> nobody thinks At you're that better point, than it's on the record, Yeah. Yeah. Like no, nobody cares. Like only Cowboys fans care that he has a record because that's, that's their only argument. That and that he won three Super Bowls. You know, like but you know, the Gates has more catch more. He has a, nobody who watched Gates and watched Gronk play, who wasn't a fan of the Chargers, would tell you that Gates is a, a higher-impact player. I mean, that's the point at the end of the day. You're just talking about impact. Like, what kind of impact do you have on your team? What kind of... How much do you help them? How much do you, you know, not help them? Whatever the case is. Like, listen, Gates is a great pass catcher. Um, didn't really block much at all. And, you know, that's, that's who he was. That's fine. Listen, he put together a whole of his career without being able to block much. But it doesn't make him better because he hung around into his late thirties and could barely move. Like you watched Gates in the last couple of years; like the guy could barely move. Yeah, he makes plays here and there, but like it just seems forced at this point. He wouldn't have been on the team this year if Hunter Henry didn't tear his ACL in, what was in May. So yeah, he came out of retirement to rejoin
0: them. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know did he officially retire at that point? Whatever, either way. But I mean, like Gonzalez, you know, you know, he played longer and he, Gonzalez was really good until he retired, basically, which. Listen to his credit it was impressive, but you know, at, at some point, like he's got to look at them and be like, "Who?" When he was on the field, the only the only knock on Gronk is that he just he got hurt a lot, you know, and it sucks and it shortened his career. But the pace he was he was progressing at, like if he had stayed healthy for all those years, he shattering records left and right. He's he it, he has the most touchdowns? Of, what is it? What was his touchdown record? He had gotten some type of record. I can't remember what it was though.
0: He had the sequel season for tight end. Uh, yeah. I think he's the third most of any receiver before age 30. And I just looked it up. He has 11 more touchdowns in his career than Witten does.
1: That's crazy. And Witten's played, what, probably 100 more games? That's <laughs> nuts. Um, let's find
0: out. Witten has played 239 games. Yeah, Gronk hasn't
1: played 139. I think he played like 115 or something like that. Yeah,
0: 115 exactly. No, yeah, hasn't
1: played. Yeah, so think about it. He was on the field for 100 more games. He's... More
0: than double the amount of games that uh, Gronk was on.
1: Yeah, that's that's has as less touchdowns. Uh, whatever. You know, it's just, just funny. Like, because he, here's my thing. My point is that if you're going to argue for somebody, that somebody's better than Gronk because of that, you, just, you need to be consistent with it. So, if Tony Gonzalez is better than Gronk because of his stats, then Emmitt Smith is better than every other running back because of his stats. And I don't think a lot of people would argue that Emmitt Smith's the best running back. So, yeah. You know, Cowboys has would. Other than Cowboys but who cares about their opinions, um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, like it's it's either cumulative stats matter more than anything or it's something just to be taken into context. It's one or the other you can't you can't have it both ways
0: so I usually favor longevity for players, but there are certain players that have their exception, like Terrell Davis was the exception to me. he only had like five impactful seasons, but he was as dominant as anybody else in the league in those five yeah. years. Gronk is one of those guys. He His career is twice as long as Terrell Davis is as far as meaningful games played.
1: I mean, listen, I'm not – the way I look at longevity, for, for Hall of Famers to me, is I look at it as more of a luxury in the sense of it's not something you need to have, but it's something that's that's definitely good to have in the sense. Because like, to me, it's a luxury because I look at guys like uh, Kurt Warner like guys like Terrell Davis – Rob Gronkowski, those guys were, you know, for a time, at least for a stretch in their career, they were elite players. And they were really – they were top of the line. They were arguably the best player at the position ever at some point in their careers. Uh, Kurt Warner won two MVPs. You know, they didn't play super long for whatever reasons. Kurt Warner was back in groceries early. So Davis, you know, retired and stuff. And same thing, you know, with Gronk. And, and the funny thing is, is that, you know, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders played, what, I think 10 seasons? I think yeah, it was 10 I mean, seasons. That. You know, he retired at, what was it, 30, 31? Yeah, 30. he probably had more football left, you know. But, listen, I, especially in football. Like, other sports a little different. But football, you know, it's it's a violent sport. It's a tough sport to play. You know, uh, I have a lot of respect for the guys that play it because uh, you, you you sacrifice a lot. You know, like, listen, they get paid handsomely and stuff like that, and I don't think that they're complaining for the most part, you know. But, like, Ossie Minora said a long time ago. He said something like, you know, we we know – what sacrifices we're making. You know, like we we know that we may end up in a wheelchair twenty years, thirty years earlier than the average person because of it and stuff like that. Because we accept it. And you know, it's tough. But you know, I, I'm not gonna hold it against people from retiring. Like I think Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis played with what? Ninth season maybe? Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna get into the whole fame or something like that, but personally I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem with him getting him. I wouldn't hold against it either. Yeah, yeah, like I got you know, I wouldn't have a problem with him getting it. I wouldn't look at that and be like, oh, that's somebody who doesn't the along there. Like, yeah, he's he was an elite probably the premier linebacker in the NFL. Him and Luke, you know. So yeah. between the two of them, best linebacker in the league for what, half a decade plus. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't I not, I wouldn't have a hangover. So yeah, I mean longevity is it's great to have. Uh, it'll definitely help your case. Um, but I, I don't look at it as a uh, you know, complete necessity to have it. I think you need to have some reasonable, realistic level that you're going to maintain. Oh, absolutely. You know, I don't think you could be good for two years and get in, like I said before, but I think if you were good for a half a decade plus, if you had a you know, a five, six year, arc, I mean, like, and Terrell Davis too, like he won an MVP, you know, he won two Super Bowls, like he was, you know, he had 2000 a, yards in one year, yeah, 2000 yards, he did a, he did a lot as a running back in that short, uh, yeah, you know, prime yard. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. I you know I don't think longevity is great and stuff but I don't think it's a necessary.
0: I agree um moving on let's talk about the NFL free agency um so pretty much all the meaningful moves are done um barring a trade that could happen um I can't see anybody major being moved at this point so right now who do you think is the winners and losers of free agency the
1: winners and losers <sighs> Um, I like, winners-wise, I like what Green Bay did. Um, I think they address a lot of the needs of that. And the other thing I liked, I kind of felt like this a little bit last year. Um, I know that, you know, they had moved on from the previous front office that they had had. For a really long time, they were, you know, not big on free agency and getting out of free agency and stuff like that. And I felt like Jimmy Graham, I, I thought, was a move that was a little out of character for them last year. In a good way, not a bad way. Um, I think it was something that in years past, they're not necessarily known to do. And, you know, they kind of went for it and stuff like that. And I liked it. I, I liked that scene more. But then this year, you know, they really went after it. You know, like uh, the same day they signed uh, Preston Smith and Darius Smith right, on the same day. And then they also signed uh, Adrian Amos, who I actually really, really like and I think is an underrated, safety underrated signing um, for a green Bay, you know, and famous, Amos. famous, famous, and, uh, you know, I mean, you, you know, you look at green Bay, you figure like, as long as they have Aaron Rodgers, their offense will be okay. Like, I, I don't think green Bay's problem over the last five, ten years years ever been that the offense wasn't good enough last year kind of fell off a little bit, but I, you know, they had the, the lame duck coach. He wasn't lame duck, but you know, he was on the way out. something like that. It's always tough on a team, but in general, like <clears throat> if, uh, Rogers your quarterback, you're gonna be you're gonna be in the top ten in offense. You know, top ten, top twelve just that kind of range. Your offense will always be good enough. Right? And that's kinda of how I see it. Especially if you think a decent line something like that, you be okay. Uh I think they focus on uh Aaron Jones a little more, which I hope both selfishly and uh I think it's best for them too. Um Aaron Jones on like fantasy team, just for those who don't understand why I said that. Uh but yeah, I mean, you know, I think their offense will be fine, next year. They got a couple of young receivers that, you know, not another year. It'll be improvement, stuff like that. So I, I think their focus needs to be on defense. They got to the do cornerbacks last year, who you know, a little bit of a mixed bag here and there. Uh, I don't know Josh Jackson struggled a little more than um, the guy they took in round one, whose name is escaping me at the moment. But uh, they uh, took from um, Louisville. Yeah,
0: J.R. Alexander.
1: Yes. He was good last year. Him, I, I, I like that. He was really good last year. Uh, but, you know, uh, Josh Josh Jackson um, should be better this year. And, uh, you know, we added a little bit of a pass rush. I think both the Smiths are good pass rushers. I don't think they're great pass rushers. You know, uh, they're more, I don't want to say types of players, but in the sense of I feel like they're more Olivier Vernon types of players. Like, pressures, you know, this and that. I don't think they're going to be uh, 12 to 15 sack guys, which, listen, not necessarily. it's okay. It's not a big deal. But between them two, uh, if Wilkinson comes back healthy, big if. Kenny Clark, who, former wrestler, I know you're a big fan of his work. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he was a good player. I, I liked him coming out, too, thought it was a nice pick. You know, and, you know, Mike Daniels, who's, you know, quietly been one of the better, you know, linemen in the NFL. Uh, I think the Demons should be better this year. And... Listen, the better your defense is, you know, the better chance you yourself to win games, and you have to rely on Aaron Rodgers to, you know, light it up every single time. So you know, you're looking for balance, you know, and uh, I think that I think they made I mean, they made some good moves, you know, they, they you know definitely made the defense better. They got to bring it together and stuff, obviously, but um, yeah, I, I, I like I liked what they did. Um,
0: the winner for me, I think, would be Cleveland. Um, for the first time in at least 10 years, uh, the Browns fans actually have something to be excited about for the season. Yeah. And it looks like they actually have playoff implications for, for the first time in a long time. Um, obviously the biggest acquisition is getting Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, for sure. Um, for a first, a third and Jabril tra- 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 Peppers. <laughs> And um, the one that's under the wire, he's going to be suspended at games, but Kareem Hunter running back, which is surprising too because Nick Chubb showed a lot of his rookie Yeah, I,
1: I didn't really get that move. Uh, you know, Hunt's a good player. And I don't question him, but I just didn't totally understand what – I don't know. I don't know what the appeal was there. So I guess you kind of get it from the point of view where it's like, you know – you never stop accumulating talent kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. I mean – I was thinking
0: that uh, they have them so that none of the um, other teams that they may face could get them, also.
1: Right, yeah, to kind of like, – okay, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I thought it was a little bit weird move, but, you no. Know. I think... Duke-John's expendable at the trade deadlines too, which is going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Uh, I mean, I guess they want to play two running backs. Listen, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people use running backs. Different, like New Orleans, kind of. They had two running backs who both got plenty of touches, you know. But I mean, yeah, I I, I feel like the, the Browns one was was the easier one, so I kind of want to go a little away from that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, you. Uh, somebody said it today and put it correctly. age one basically, you know, age-wise, Beckham's probably the best receiver in the NFL. You know. Uh, Antonio Brown, they're approaching thirty. Uh, he's already thirty. Sorry, am talking about Julio Jones is turning thirty. Whatever case is like, Beckham's theoretically twenty six. Yeah, in his prime, prime, and you know you, you're putting him with a guy who can definitely play. You know Baker showed last year that he could play, and um, yeah, you know I, I, that the only thing you worry about with them, uh, this is like a whole thing over the weekend and stuff like that. But you know Colin Coward talked about it, and he said. You know, he thinks that people are getting a little too overboard with uh, the Browns, and you know, putting them in the Super Bowl and something. Like that. And I agree with him in the sense of the Browns aren't hurting for talent. Uh, you know, they're super talented. They got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, too. You know, um, I think everybody's quick to realize that you know they got Baker and they got Beckham, they got Landry, they got Njoku. Uh, the offensive lines solid, like it's decent. I think their tackles are. A little shaky, you know, I think that'd be the where they'd like to improve. Greg Robinson yeah, was okay last year. But interior wise they're, they're fine. And um what are the case I, but sorry, go ahead.
0: I would say bring back uh Joe Thomas, but have you seen him lately? He like lost all of his weight.
1: Yeah. Just like two hundred and ten pounds. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, you know, they probably need to improve a little bit of tackle if they can. Uh but defensively, you know, they have good some players on defense too. Denzel ward Warbersaw last year, uh, Miles Garrett. Look, definitely looks the part so far as a first overall pick. you know. And you know what? Um, kind of also blown to the radar, getting the Olivier Vernon
0: was a very significant yeah. acquisition for them.
1: Uh, Ver- Vernon's going to go there and be in the best situation that, that's for him as a player. Because yeah, the best situation for him isn't – see, the problem is he's paid as a premier pass rusher, and he's not. He's a rock-solid two-way player who is a good pass rusher, not a great one. Now, if your defense is relying on him to be a 12-sack guy, that's probably not going to work out great for you. So the Giants kind of were, you know, they paid him to be that kind of 12-sack guy, and that's not really what he was, you know. Um, What he, you know, he was, listen, he was overpaid. Regardless, though, but the thing is that when you pay pay somebody in free agency, they're going to be overpaid. It's just kind of inevitable. You know, that's the whole point of them reaching free agency. They don't go there to get underpaid. So, you know, they paid him like a premier pass rusher, and he was – you know, a solid pass rusher. But for him now, see, he was good in, in Miami for the same reasons because Cam Wake was the premier pass rusher. He takes off a lot of attention. And Vernon's gonna, Vernon can win one-on-ones. So that's, that's not an issue. The problem is that can he demand the <laughs> attention that, you know, can get a double-team, this and that, and he can kind of still cause wreak some havoc and stuff like that. Now, listen, as a run-stopper, really, really good. A lot, you know, he just he, – he's stout. He's good against a run. Uh, I think he's a really good fit opposite uh, Miles Garrett because I think Garrett is that kind of premier pass rusher that, you know, Vernon can work off of. So now Vernon's going to go there and instead of being the guy, he's going to be a guy, you know. And then not only that, but, you know, they signed Sheldon Richardson too, who, you know, is coming off a couple of weird seasons, but Richardson could play, you know, if he gets together. Um, the other starter in the line, I think, is uh, Larry Ogan Joby. Uh, you know, who's solid nose, Richards in the three tech, you know, that, that D line has a lot of ability to, uh, cause problems, you know? And, um, I, I think they fit well defensively, uh, you know, the award, I think they'd like to get another cornerback. Uh, they, they cut Jamie Collins, who I just, I just realized hasn't signed anywhere yet. Uh, yeah, he hasn't, hasn't. Yeah. I just realized that uh, he, I don't think he was great last year, either, but he wasn't. Uh, yeah. Dem- uh, Demarius Randall, uh, Solid season as a free safety last year. And they have a whole a strong safety now because, you know, Peppers got traded. Generally, of the two, strong safes a little easier to fill as a whole than free safety. So, you know, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, what's his name still out there? Eric Berry's still out there. You know, and with uh, John John Dorsey as a general manager, you know. I, I haven't heard anything like that, so that's pure speculation on my part. But, you know. I know Dallas has been uh, bringing him in. Yeah, yeah, Dallas brought him in. But he left without a contract, and then, um, you know, he left without a contract, and then whatever the case is, you know, So, uh, hold on a second, sorry. Okay, um, sorry about that text message oh, for all this stuff. <laughs> what is it saying? Oh, yeah, everybody, they brought him in, they let him go, and then they signed uh, George the loco. I don't, know. I don't know if they're going to be doing that. Anyway, uh, but, you know, Cleveland, listen, they're definitely trending in the right direction. They are. The biggest worry I have for Cleveland, um, I don't know if their coaching staff is ready to take those big steps. You know? Um, they're... Kitchens has only been a... Kitchens is only an offensive coordinator for literally eight weeks. Uh, the defense coordinator is Steve Wilkes, who ran some decent defenses in Carolina, but Realistically, he was, you know, blessed with pretty good talent. And, you know, in Arizona, I'm not going to put all the blame on him and stuff like that, but they were just awful last year. And, you know, it's pretty rare that a coach gets fired in one year. Uh, So, to me, that doesn't bode well, you know. Um, Yeah, it doesn't. Especially, it's very rare for a coach to get fired in one year, and it's even rarer for them to get fired when they use a first-round pick on a quarterback. So, uh, that to me is is kind of a red flag because now I'm looking at them and I'm thinking – I mean, how bad must he have been behind the scenes? You know, not that he's a bad guy or anything. Because, like, how incompetent must must the front office have viewed him to be like, wow, we made a terrible mistake. We're going to fire you after one year. (laughs) You know, like, and it wasn't like a a full revamp, like, we're tearing it all down, this and that. Like, literally, they took a rookie quarterback last year, and they might end up taking a new one this year. Um, And, you know, uh, so, you know, he's there coaching the defense. And, you know, ideally, if you have a rookie head coach, I think the best fit for them is to get veteran coordinators who, you know, even if they haven't been successful, had a coach somewhere, have been coaches somewhere. You know, like, uh, like Sean McVay getting Wade Phillips. I thought that was great. You know, uh, Yeah, was. You know, McVay's super sharp and super smart, so that, you know, he probably would have been successful regardless. But you know, Wade Phillips is a guy who's been through the league for a really, really long time, and you know, he's had his ups and downs as a coach. You know, he probably, you know, he's not an ideal fit as a head coach, but it's proven to be a fantastic defense coordinator, uh, you know, just him being there in those rooms, you know, I, I think definitely helps. So I look at Kitchens and I think to myself, like, you don't really have anybody to bounce things off of here. You know, Steve Wilkes is the guy. I forgot who's the f- offense coordinator. Is it, uh, is it Munkin from uh, – I forget. I'm not sure I can on from Cleveland. Well,
0: I think Kitchens is calling his, uh, his own place. No, no, right? I know, but I, I think they had
1: hired somebody as offense coordinator too. Kind of like let me the, uh, let me uh, check. I can't remember up, either. Yeah, I uh, would look it up, but I, I don't think it's a big name or somebody who has any you know level of. Big uh Tom Morgan. Tom Morgan. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so it's a really really young. Here's it. There's two things. One, they're very young and inexperienced. And Two, they have combustible personalities too. It's not as simple as you don't have a bunch of good soldiers. And it's just like ah right, whatever they'll be all right. You know, like Beckham, superstar talent. I love him. You know, I don't. know. But you know. He could be a little explosive at times. He could cause some problems in, in 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 a locker room, I, I suppose, at times uh, with the way he is. From everything I heard, Giants players loved him, you know. But he can clash with coaches before. That's that's happened before, and you know Baker has a tendency to be a little you know volatile as well. And you know Beckham for the first time is is sharing a locker room with one of his best friends. Yeah. Now that might be a good thing. I don't know. You know, but well, him and
0: Eli are best friends also. I mean, did you forget that commercial where they did the uh, Dirty Dancing video?
1: Yeah, it made me fun of that. That the commercial was funny. I don't know what the big deal was. Um, but, You know what else I also just realized, too? Hmm.
0: Ryan Lindley is their quarterback's coach. I completely forgot about him.
1: Oh, yeah, that was... Let's remember some guys. That was uh, one of the worst playoff games I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> I like. I remember I was at a bar that night, and I was like, holy shit, so many times this off. This isn't even NFL... Like, this is just terrible. Uh-huh. So,
0: um, speaking of a point you brought up earlier, um, the Cardinals took Josh Rosen. They actually traded up to select him in the first round last year. They did. Now they're the top overall pick. And the rumor mill is just worrying with rumors that he may get traded and they may select Kyler Murray first overall instead, um, which is something I can't even think of an example where that's ever happened. Can you?
1: The closest that I can think of of a quarterback getting drafted high and being replaced in a year was Jimmy Clausen, And that's not really the same thing.
0: He was Um, a second-rounder, yeah. He was a
1: second-rounder. But, like, you know, when they took him, you got the idea that they took him with the idea that... I mean, at the very least, Mel Kuyper had the idea that, you know, this guy was the guy, you know? Uh, I
0: remember that. You actually liked him more than uh, Sam Bradford.
1: Yeah, I mean, they both suck, so I wouldn't worry too much about that one. Um, (laughs) No, Bradford didn't suck. He just couldn't fucking stay healthy. But, yeah, I mean, generally, when you invest such a you know, a high pick, you know, the idea is, um, that's your guy, you know, like, so, uh, but that was second, I was like, what, 40th pick, something like that, you know, this is 10th, and not only that, not only is 10th overall, he was 10th overall after he traded up for 10th overall, so, you know, uh, you know what it is, it's tough, though, because the way I see it is, if you're gonna hire a new coach, you gotta invest in him, so, you either you have two or two options. You either go after a coach who is all in on the guy you already have, or you go. You, you know which you know you had Rosen for a year, so I'm sure there's some guys out there who like Rosen. Um, but if you really really believe in the coach, and he doesn't believe in Rosen, which I'm not saying he doesn't believe in Rosen, but maybe he just feels like there's other people would better fits for his offense. You know, I, I get wanting to invest. In. It's just, it's a weird, I feel like that's a conversation you have before you sign him and hire him, you know, like. So, I mean,
0: listen. You know, what it reminds me of a little bit, but it hasn't gotten to that point yet. So yeah. There's, you know, still a lot of time left before the offseason ends. Is um Jay Cutler and Joshua Daniels in Denver. Where it's just, the coach, the coach just did not care for the quarterback at all. And it got to a fever pitch in that.
1: Yeah, the I, coach it, won
0: that power struggle and got rid of him. Got his own guy in Tebow a year later.
1: Yeah, what a pick that was. Uh, that was that was more of a weirder one though because like Cutler was a little more established. Um, but I think they they what did they get like two first rounders out of out of that or something like that? They did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they got two first rounders for Jay Cutler. The Giants can get two first rounders for uh, Beckham. Go figure. Well, apparently,
0: apparently, uh, the Carl's can't even get any first rounders for Rosen,
1: so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I mean, I, I guess I'm a little surprised about that. I uh, am too. Yeah, like I would have figured they'd be able to do at least a late first, you know. At uh, least. I thought
0: it would be more than that, I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean. Listen, he had a bad year last year, but at the same time, the two, he was pressure. I'm like, I think 65% listen, he, I, I I wouldn't argue that he had a good year last year. But the only thing I would argue is that I don't imagine there's a, any other rookie quarterbacks who would have been good in that situation. Now I'm not saying that someone that couldn't have been better than Rosen were, was perfectly perfectly possible. I don't I don't know if he played well, but man, he was just that was just a terrible situation. Like it was, you know, uh, between the the offense coordinator who was awful and um, who ran
0: every play of the middle. Yeah,
1: like and you know what it is? like people look at that and you think to yourself like okay, well that's just a running play. The problem is that you have a rookie quarterback who has no protection. You know that he has no protection, so you know you know your offensive line's bad. You're not going to come out and say it, but you know that offensive line is not blocking anybody. So. Um, you know, with that, like, you look at it and you say to yourself, like, okay, we need to make these passing situations a more manageable passing situation. We can't be putting Josh Rosen back there with a, a trash can offensive line and tell him, all right, go pick up this third and nine every fucking drive. Like, you can't do that. So, what's he going to do? He's, he's going to get
0: Derek Carr syndrome.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's the other problem, too. You know, like, they're trying to fix a line a little bit. They traded for Marcus Gilbert. You know, home hope he comes back, whatever the case is. Um, I thought they signed a guard. I don't know. I could be wrong, though. Um, I don't think it matters. Uh, but, you know, I mean, whatever. They're trying to fix it up, either for him or for the next guy. But, I mean, you know, he definitely didn't do himself any favors, but he also wasn't set up to succeed either. Uh, but, like, like, like I said, if, if you really, really believe in Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm sure a lot of people question that, too, if you really, really believe in him. And you think that he can make it work for whatever reason, you know. I guess you kind of got to put your chips all in with him, you know. So I think you just got to salvage it and try and get what you can from Rosen. You know, I, Peter King said they probably wouldn't do better than third. I, I think you could probably get a second round pick. Um, personally, as a Giants, well, somewhat, I guess I'm a Giants fan. I guess um, <laughs> uh, I would, I wouldn't be opposed to giving up a two for him. You know, especially now that you have a second first round, and now you look kind of looking and you say like, "All right, I'll give up." You know, my high two. I have my two first round picks, and I'll build because realistically, the Giants' offense. Or listen, you're not going to get anybody in this drive. That's going to replace Beckham, but Giants' offense—they kind of send a lot of positions. Uh, they have uh slot receivers galore. Um, but whatever. You know, you got your two receivers. I don't know what they're planning on doing with Shepard or trading with. So, you know, they probably should trade him. for I to keep him, but. Uh,
0: it should Barkley too. I mean, it's not fair to him at this point.
1: Yeah, true. kind of a bit for the guy. Um, but, you know, for the most part, the Giants are kind of set. The only place they really need immediate help at would be uh, right tackle, uh, which is kind of like a you know, big question mark right now. But everyone else is kind of set. So realistically, what I would do with the Giants right now is i give up the two for Rosen. I think the Giants have like 12 picks now anyway. And then, I mean, the other 11 picks i use on – try and get a right tackle, somebody who could develop, maybe try and sign a veteran for a year. And then I used Russell Picks to fix that defense because that defense stinks. Yeah, that defense is really bad. And it's not the giant way. It's not. But the the funny thing is that the defense was bad last year. And you could argue that they traded the two best defenders. Well, they got rid of the two best defenders. Vernon in a trade and Collins they didn't bring back.
0: And Which, I mean, everybody's upset about Collins, but I get it. I mean, he was he got paid a lot more than
1: I expected him to get paid. Here's the with Collins. And I like Collins. Nice player. Played hard for us and and that. I didn't have a problem with... First of all, I would have been angrier if they gave him that contract than they let him walk. So right off the bat, not re, not resigning him wasn't the worst thing they could have done. Resigning, resigning with that money would have been the worst thing they could have done. Especially in what seems like a rebuild. Two, my only hang-up is that they didn't move to trade him earlier. Because like the reality is, is like okay, you need to have a plan. You need to know what you're doing. So... If you're not going to keep Collins or you think that his price tag is going to be too high, which clearly you did because you didn't even bother to tag him, um, if you think it's going to be too high, so you just turn, all you got to do is turn around and be like, okay, we're not going to keep you. You're still a pretty good safety. You're a Pro Bowl or whatever the case is. You're heading to the Pro Bowl. All right, let's try and trade you. I, so I forgot who's aware I read it, but somebody goes, haha, Clinton Dix got a fourth round pick. You told I said me. that. No, I know, I read it somewhere else too. Like, maybe you said it too. But. Uh, I said, how Cleveland this ha- w- got was got for a fourth round pick. You're telling me nobody in the NFL would have given up a third rounder for a guy who's at the very least definitely better than a high. Listen, a first, I, I, somebody said the, the first was offered. I don't believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I don't if, believe if, that. So
0: if, if that really happened, get up and said, no, they should have fired him right there. Right, the yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I mean, listen, i will be honest with you. Even If it didn't happen, they should fire him on the spot. But I don't think that's what happened. The second rounder, I, I doubt. I think the best bet would be like like a really, really late team in the second round. It came out. I think the Chiefs have two late second-round picks, so maybe they could have been coerced and they it up one of them. I don't know. At the very least, though, I can't imagine that a team wouldn't have given up a third-rounder, especially the team that, you know, was going to be competing for a championship, whatever the case is. Like, you know, off the top of my head, I, I can't think of anybody. But the Chiefs, were one, or one team that I definitely think, you know, you could have convinced it could have talked them to give them a third-rounder for them. And if you could literally get a third-rounder from anybody, that pick alone is better than any of the you know, the, the comp picks you're going to get because, for one, they're later no matter what. And, two, you know, all right, you're probably going to get a comp pick because you didn't spend on anybody this offseason who was going to you know, mess with the formula. But, you, you know, in a way, you're kind of hamstring yourself because then you're not going to spend because you want to get the comp pick. And it's like, all right, great. Like, uh, one guy that I, I was surprised at what he signed for was uh, Daryl Williams. He got a one-year deal for, like, $6 million, and I was thinking, like, he was going to go out there and get, like, a, you know, a legitimate starting right tackle contract. You know, I mean, didn't happen, whatever, but, um, yeah. It so, always
0: amazes me how there's a certain, some guys who, like, you expect to get a good deal, and they just get through this one-year prove-it deal out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any. Uh, Williams is one guy. I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there's guys that I, I at the very least you figure they'll get a, a couple-year deal, you know, something to work on. But, I mean, I guess they don't, wasn't really in the cards for them. Um,
0: so the question now is, that being said, would you have rather receive a third-round pick this year from the Collins trade? Or would you rather have a third-rounder next year via the um, comp pick with the hopes that Gettleman's not there to make the selection and fuck it up for
1: you. <laughs> oh, it, it, what, you, so what, you're guaranteeing me that Gettleman won't be there next year? I'm not. I'm saying... Oh. Oh, he's yeah, I third- mean, I'm, he's, nah, he's going to be there. They, they're not. The other thing is, like... Giants of- don't fire their GMs either. That's kind of the yeah, issue. Yeah. That's one. But, like, all right. Listen, as a Giants fan, I'm frustrated. I don't want this guy in power anymore. But the Giants front office, I, I don't think was looking at him like he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm... The reality is that it doesn't matter how bad the rest of us think he's doing, and it really doesn't, uh, if the Giants front office still believes in him, that's all that matters. And, like, the other thing is, you know, they're, he's, I don't want to say threatening to decide to, to, to draft him, but it kind of feels that way. He's threatening to draft Daniel Jones. Um, <laughs> you know, in the first round. If he does, they're not going to fire him next year, no matter how bad they are, because they're just going to look at it like, oh, okay, you know, um... Yeah, uh, he's developing. Uh, the team's developing. Uh, they're rebuilding this and that. Uh, look, they're not. He's he's Gettleman's. Uh, I'd say maybe two years away from either even, even having a seat warm, which is a scary proposition. Yeah, especially if they get the quarterback.
0: Yeah, and I can see them taking Jones at seventeen overall, especially with the Yellow Manning Cops and everything else. Yeah, it's
1: it's a scary
0: proposition. So the question is: If the Giants do in fact take Daniel Jones, will Abhishek Pinjwani still be a fan of the team? <laughs> no idea. I'm not sure. I really we may have to put a uh, an APB out on him if uh
1: yeah, honestly, if they, like if,
0: they, if he's taken, it may be like you the year that uh, the Giants took Eli Apple and you went AWOL for like a day and a half. Oh my God!
1: Was, oh man, I can't believe we did that. Oh, fuck. That was so bad too. <laughs> just, just, I, yeah, like you know, what's crazy. Like you know, uh, all right. So the first the first pick that I didn't like, of Jerry Reese, uh, the high picks. Like, listen, by the time you get to round three, round four, round five, you, you know, you a lot of these guys are coin flips anyway. So I you can't really give them hands like that. But uh, the first first round pick that I didn't like was David Wilson. It wasn't because I didn't like Wilson, but for one, I didn't see him as a like a full time back, so kind of like a, a weapon kind of guy, which it's kind of what they ended up using him as too. Um, until he went down. But that was like the first pick. And I told me. He goes, Oh, you don't uh you don't you don't trust you don't trust him enough with you know with his with his history, whatever the case was. I said I mean yes and no, because the problem is that with his history, like I didn't hate a lot of the other picks he made. Like 2011, he took Principal Kamara, who uh, he was going top ten in, in literally yeah, be and literally yeah, you know, that was such an easy first round pick. Even the fact that and listen, he I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a bust. He, you know, he's still in the NFL like almost a 10 years later, and he's a starter for he's. I was in the Bears last year, he made the Pro Bowl last year, maybe I don't know. But he, he actually he kept
0: getting one year deals, and the finally the Bears gave him three years. Yeah.
1: Listen, he's a solid cornerback, not a spectacular anything. He's better suited as number two. He's basically the Olivier Vernon of quarterbacks. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would argue he's underrated, though.
1: Yeah, to a certain degree, because people think he sucks because he was drafting the top 20, and everybody thinks, oh, he should have been a lockdown quarterback. He was a lockdown quarterback. That's fine. but He has never made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I think he was He was doing some. He was trying to make it last year, and then, and then it, whatever. Listen, he's not a lockdown quarterback. He was doing his yeah. best. But uh, yeah, he's a solid quarterback. A year before, 2010, uh, JPP. I wasn't mad at that. I, You know, it was super athletic. And listen, you know what? He was a good player. I was, I was fine with that. 2009 was, i trying to think. Oh, Hakeem Nix. Yeah. receiver. That was fine. I, uh, I, I like to pick. But I, I like to pick because I like to pick, not because you made it. 2008, Kenny Phillips. I loved Kenny Phillips. I was such a big Kenny Phillips yeah. fan. That sucked. That his knee injury kind of put him out. I'm glad he actually won a Super Bowl with us. But he would have been a really good saving for a long time getting, if he didn't have those knee injuries. You no, know, so that was that was 2008, and then I think 2007 was Aaron Ross, who, listen, he said what we what wanted about Aaron Ross, like, starting quarterback on two, uh, two Super Bowl teams. Could have been that bad. You know, so, you know, for that stretch early on, he was good, but after that, man, it just got worse and worse and worse. Like, by the time we, right, Beckham was, like, the last first-round pick I liked, which is crazy, because it's literally been five years since I actually liked a first-round pick, and,
0: like... There are seven drafts, is actually pretty good. I'm looking at it now.
1: Aaron There's Ross. Aaron Ross. Oh, let me see if I can remember the Smith. Steve Smith. Jay Alford. Round yeah, four. Yeah, who made the biggest sack yeah. I think I've ever seen in, in the Round four was, I believe, Adam Coates. Nope. He was six, six rounder. Uh, round four.
0: I'll get, I'm going to give you a hint. He's still on the team.
1: Oh, Zach Diossi. That's yep. right. Uh, round five was. <sighs> was somebody else in there? I don't remember who was in round five, but I remember. Kevin Boss. Ah, that's right. Kevin Boss, round five. Uh, Coates is six, right? I remember late in the second, the seventh round, they took Michael Johnson to save that Arizona, and they took a Mob yep. Bradshaw. Yeah, yep. and let's uh, you know what you know what's crazy about that draft class—they all played except for like Coates, who was just like a backup lineman. Dossie was was uh, the special teams guy. I think he was a long snapper too at the time. Uh, he's still on the fucking team. Yeah, no, no, I know he's that's what he does now. But I'm yeah. at one point he was a linebacker, but he switched full time to a special. Yeah, player. he. Huge yeah. was Jackson, and yeah. um, Alfre got the sack. Steve Smith had a couple of big – he had a big third down conversion. Ross started the game, basically. Uh, Michael Johnson was in on some nickel coverages. Uh, Bradshaw led them in rushing in that game. Boss had that huge catch. Like, that – for one year, to me, that is the best draft class anybody ever had. Uh, for for one single season. The, the, the impact that they had in that one season was the best draft class anybody ever had.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of them flimmed out
1: afterwards, but – you know, for one year, huge impact. Um,
0: the next year was uh, Kenny Phillips, Terrell Thomas, Marion Manningham, Brian Kell, Jonathan Goff, Andre Woodson, oof. and Robert Henderson. And uh, I'm just going to point Woodson? this out. That's, that somebody um, – I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why the conversation is even brought up. But somebody in a Giants group asked if the Giants will ever take a black quarterback in the draft. <laughs> and it's like, hey, asshole. Andre, Andre Woodson. Back in
1: 08. You know it's funny when he got drafted. A lot of people were like, um, like some people were like, you know, all is such a good pick. He could be the quarterback of the future. I'm saying like, you know, it was 09. Eli has literally been the quarterback for the next ten years. imagine Andre Woodson being groomed to be the quarterback of the future at 34 years old. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um,
0: um, and the Giants were really smitten with Kentucky quarterbacks back in the day. I
1: mean, how can you not love Jerry
0: Lorenzo? The Hefty-Lefty. Yeah. Um, the pillsbury Boy is probably my favorite nickname in all sports. Yeah, hefty
1: lefty that was a good one. We love them.
0: That and um, the Phillies rotation, the year they had uh, Oswald, Hamels, Halladay, and Lee. Yeah. My favorite nickname was Fat Joe and the Terror Squad. <laughs>
1: That's a good one, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like, then he started picking all these other guys and taking the flowers start, oh, my God, I hate flowers. Clinton sits Clint other you know the problem. with Clint's in the way. He was. He was a three-four outside linebacker at Virginia, and the Giants drafted him. And they ran a four-three, and they wanted to make him a strong side linebacker, who you know kind of put his hand in the dirt on pass rushing downs, and he wasn't much of a pass rusher, and he didn't. I mean, he wasn't really. He wasn't good in the role either. Like he was. He wasn't able to move around well enough to play like. Four three outside linebacker, so he was just a weird fit. And then I think a couple years later, towards the Patella kind and of never survived on that one. So that was that was his story, and he stuck to it. Um, and guys always have trouble finding the Clinton too. Yeah, he couldn't find it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a bumpy ride with the Giants. And you know what's funny? <sighs> Two years ago, I, I felt like we should have been fired way before he got fired. So he definitely overstays welcome. You know, everybody – I I was pissed off at the free agency Spurgeon because they turned it into, like, oh, look, I'm good of a job. I I'm sitting there thinking, like, guys, he's he spent a, almost a quarter of a billion dollars to fix a defense that wasn't good because of him and his bad drafting. Like, we're not – I'm not going to pat him on the back for fixing a – like, you, most teams don't spend a free agency because the point is to draft guys who are good at it. And that's my
0: whole mindset, too. Like, you – the the icing on the cake or the cherry on top is, like, your free you
1: free agent guys. You should rely on free agency to get your people. Yeah, out. like, I, listen, and I don't I don't mean, like, okay, you have a glaring hole. You're, you know, maybe a guy or two away. You want to go splurge on a guy at a position that you've maybe, no problem. I got no problem with that. That's fine. I, everybody does that once in a while. Even the Patriots once in a while spend on a, on a guy. One guy. That's fine. But, like, you know, you're not, you're not going to fix all these problems by spending all, like, okay, this is what bugs me. They talk about how much money the Giants are going to have to spend next year. And I'm sitting there thinking, all right, right off the bat, Gettleman's moves in free agency haven't been good. You know, any contract has given out for the most part, except for Nate Solder, who's been okay. He's overpaid, don't get me wrong, but he's an above average and nothing more left tackle in the NFL, which, listen, it's a tough position to fill. It really is. So I don't even hate that contract. Even if he is overpaid, I, it doesn't bother me. I don't look at him and say, like, oh, Look at this guy. He had a rough, you know, first start. But you know what? He ended up having a solid season. He's a solid tackle and that's it. But, like, you look at the rest of the guys that he spent money on with the Giants. Patrick Omame got benched in, like, a month. Alright? Jonathan Stewart was signed to be a mentor. And the guy literally couldn't run anymore. Like, he physically couldn't well, run
0: anymore. Before you continue to talk about that, that signing, how can you sit there and hate a guy who's going to be a big mentor for the Giants? Yeah, like,
1: oh, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, so... He sucked. Who else did he sign? It was stupid. Um,
0: who didn't he sign? No, stupid? he signed
1: somebody else last year, I thought. that I can't remember who it was, though. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, he doesn't – or so was it this year?
0: Let me look it up. I'm, I know you're thinking about too I just can't think of who it
1: is. I can't remember. Uh, there, was, there was somebody else that he signed. I, I just – I didn't get the point of it. But why? But why, yeah. Um, I know he signed Morrow last year. It was fine, whatever. Yeah, I don't care about that. Kareem Martin, he signed, it was okay. Oh, he traded for Ogletree. Sorry, that's who it was. And that's the thing, too. Like, every like, went out, like, Ogletree is such a good
0: player because he made the All-Pro team. He was I don't know how he player. made that, that All-Pro never,
1: team. There was no, he had
0: no business making that All-Pro yeah. team. So, PFF rated him as, like, one of the worst... Um,
1: it was a coverage back linebacker, in yeah. the league. When he was uh when he made the yeah, So, you know, like he made all these moves and I'm sitting thinking like, okay. He made all right, he made four big price free agent moves. Actually five if you include Beckham, and then he ended up trading in the year. So whatever for that one. But anyway, he made four big price free agent moves on his own. And of those four, one was fine, no complaints. The other three were awful. Like Ogletree sucked last year. Like he wasn't good last year either. Like everybody looked at him like, oh, he had interceptions, this and that. Like, you know, this football's so much more beyond just catching a deception that it was a bad throw in somebody like whatever. Either way. He's gonna have a hundred million dollars next year. Why do you why does anybody think that he's gonna spend it well? Why does anybody think he's gonna spend it correctly? He's gonna give another $10 million to Patrick Omame. Like, he might actually give it back to him, too. That's what I'm worried about. So, you know you look at it and it's like, oh, he's gonna have a hundred million dollars next year. So what? First of all, you you shouldn't look to to have free agency as your like saving grace. Like you should be able to build your team. Like this is how teams win like we literally see teams win Super Bowls all the time like this. And like the free agency route, you know, became a little more popular in the last ten years or so. But you know, even like okay, like the Rams for example, right? The free agency route. The Rams best players on offense and defense last year were Todd Gurley, and Aaron Donald, and those are guys that they drafted. So yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you know they tra- they signed uh, Donald Kunsu for for a year. Okay, fine, right. <laughs> he was fine. He was good. He helped them. Whatever. You know they signed. Um, they you know they they traded for Talib and they signed and they traded for Peter and stuff like that. That's fine. I got no problem with that. They got Sue. They got You know they got Sue and stuff like that. But you know Whitworth was was probably the biggest free agent move that they made that had such a big impact.
0: Yeah, you know, like day, yeah.
1: and he plays a position that like we said before, like it's a really it's a really tough position to fill. So like that's the one position like listen, you can go out in free agency and get yourself a, a solid left tackle that you don't have to you can plug and play and don't have to worry about it. I don't care. That's fine. That, that for that free agency, that's fine. But like it wasn't the rest of these guys that got them there. You know, they wanted to sign a great coach, you know, and they were getting like lower cost guys, like Robert Woods. Robert Woods didn't cost much for him to get, you know, like Brandon Cooks to give a first round pick. All right, fine. Brandon Cook is he was an expensive guy who you know made an impact to it. But you know, they're they're out there. You know, like the core guys that they were that they, they they were riding the last couple of years were still guys they drafted. You want to go out and get guys in support of that? It's fine. But you know, this isn't like the NBA where you have to go out and get the main pieces. You know, through free agency, like you got to build through the draft. You know, and Giants just so far, I don't think they're gonna be doing with that. So
0: you know, it's crazy too. Is they um. They gave up a first rounder for Brandon Cooks to replace a guy.
1: He gave a second round who for. they
0: gave up a second rounder for, yeah Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're uh we're ready to short on time. So what are your uh, your last thoughts on uh, the NFL offseason so far?
1: non-Giants thoughts. Because um, <laughs> I can talk about the Giants all day even though I fucking hate them. Uh I mean I like I I try to see you know what? What teams improve? What teams didn't improve? Uh You know the Ravens lost a couple of guys. They cut Weddle. They lost Mosley. They lost Smith. I don't think it's who,
0: they, who else did they sign? this time marketing Mark Who's, They signed uh, Mark Ingram
1: too. No, they signed um, Earl Thomas. Yeah, they signed Earl Thomas. I was going to say though, but I, I don't, I don't see them taking a huge step back at those positions because, like, listen, Mosley's a good player. I like Mosley. I like him coming out too, but. I, I, for one, you know, I know the Jets have the money. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have given that much. That's a lot of money to pay a guy who doesn't rush a pass out on defense. Like, he's just, like, you know, I get that you want to, like, you know want to make a splash and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird because the Jets, you know, the Jets fans are excited because they're getting good players. And listen, uh, Moses is a good player. uh Le'Veon Bell is a good player. Well, I mean, last time we saw him, he was a good player. I, you know, I don't know what the year off did, but, you know, yeah. you, you're paying these Big prices to these guys at, at non premium positions, and like it doesn't matter now because you got a lot of money, but you know, as soon as it comes up, it's gonna matter. Like Leonard Williams, right? I think he's up next year, I think, or the year after, I don't know. But you're either gonna have to pay him or you have to trade him, you know. Like Leonard Williams at this point is gonna be demanding, you know, 10 million a year, probably <laughs> 12 million a year, you know. Like he got position versatility, play three, four, and he could probably play, you know, three tech somewhere else, you know. You know, I I don't think it's going to be it's going to be easy for them. You know, listen, they'll be able to afford them and stuff like that. But those are the kind of guys that you, you know you want to pay. But you know, running backs and, and non-wash linebackers and I don't know. I you know, I, I guess at some point you got to pay somebody. But those just aren't the the guys at the spots that I, I'd want to pay pay them. You know, um, but yeah. I think um, I think the Ravens will mainly go. Okay. I think Barry's a good pickup. Uh, the Ingram's a good pickup. Um I'm not too worried about them. You know, I know they lost a couple of like pass rushes and stuff like that, but I think they will be okay. Uh who else? Washington, I'm a little confused by Washington. Like you went out and spent a lot of money on a safety. I where where are you going though? Like you your quarterback could They got Case
0: Keenum now though, man.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I like Miami I think is doing the right thing in the sense of, like they seem, they're just kinda of, like tearing it down and they're like, All right, we're gonna, you know, rebuild it. That's it. Okay. You know, so they they got rid of Tannehill. You know, they they're moving off from other guys. That like Robert Quinn's going to New Orleans tomorrow to to meet with them. You know, maybe they gonna work out a trade. And you know, they're tearing it down. But like, at the very least, you know, know what you're doing, have a plan. Miami's playing. Know your role. You know what? Know your role. No, yeah, know your role and shut your mouth. You know, so yeah. Miami, you kind of get the idea that like, okay, they're gonna be bad, and that's what's gonna happen. And all right, this is who we are. You know, um, but. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't – I didn't see a lot of, like, seismic shifts. I, I thought what Cleveland did was good for them. I thought what Green Bay did was good for them.
0: I would say Pittsburgh is in the downward spiral, too.
1: You know what? <sighs> yes and no, because here's my thing. Like, all right, I don't think Bell leaving is going to hurt them because he wasn't there last year, so we could this shit. Uh, Juju – was probably every bit as effective as AB was last year. Now people are going to argue Juju was effective because of AB. That's a fair point. It's something that Juju is going to have to deal with. And, you know, it, it might, it it might not be something that he, you know, he, he can handle. I don't know. You know, we'll find out, but you know, they drafted James Washington last year. Um, They can go out and get another receiver. You know, I think Pittsburgh is where I think Cleveland's getting a little overvalued. I think, Pitch was getting a little undervalued because it's like, all right, they lost AB. And listen, he's going to be a big impact guy, but if they go out and get another receiver who's, you know, good college player, whatever the case is, with Juju being the main guy and, you know, Connor coming back, who, listen, Connor was good last year. I can't, you can't say I was I was surprised. I do not think he was going to be that good, but Connor was good last year. You know, I, I don't know. I look at them and I don't think, you know, I could see them winning 9-10 games again next year. I don't like, I don't think they lost that much. that's going to hurt them. You know, and you know what? <laughs> for all, all, all the ability that AB has, and it's a lot of it, cause he's super talented. I'm sure they didn't like dealing with him either. Like, I mean, you know, he just comes off as a guy who's difficult to be around. You know, so sometimes it's I'm going to say addition by subtraction because I think losing him is going to hurt. But there's things that we don't, I think that we don't see that might not be the worst thing for them either. So uh, Pittsburgh, I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh's looking at being awful next year. I don't know. I just I. I think They'll be okay, I think they'll survive.
0: Fair enough. Um, guys, that's all the time we have. Thank you for listening, and we will at some point do another podcast.
1: Uh, we're gonna try and do this a little more uh regularly uh, <laughs> as our schedules clear up. Uh, the last couple months have been kind of active for both of us. Um, so uh, if you guys keep listening, uh, we'll keep putting it out.
0: Yeah, so you know, listen, please.
1: <laughs> later, fellas.